Welcome to On Texas Football. It's time for the Saturday Conversation, brought to you by Gabe Winslow and mortgagesbygabe.com. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Paul Wadlington. Uh, we're of Inside Texas. Uh, Paul, I tell you what, uh, last week uh, the Longhorns put it on the Baylor Bears. Now it's time for uh, Texas and Kansas to square off at 2.30 today. Uh, the game will be uh, on ABC uh, televised there. Uh, Longhorns, 16 and a half, 17 point favorites. Uh, your your initial thoughts or your thoughts on this game uh, as we as we look at it today? I like the Horns. I think they're going to be playing one of the better teams in the Big 12 when we look back at it, particularly if Kansas can stay healthy. And I think uh, I think this win, assuming Texas gets the win, and I think they will, I think we're going to look back and realize it was a stronger win than we realize now. I think people are, are taking Kansas lightly because they haven't played anyone. Uh, that's not Kansas's fault. They scheduled Illinois, and they thought they were scheduling a top 25 team, and, and they, they didn't schedule a top 25 team. Uh, so I, I think that this is going to be an important game and obviously a, a great springboard for OU. Uh, Texas just needs to play well. I mean, this they played good good ball against Baylor, and that was nice to, to see that. Now they need to play a good team and finish that team. You know, with Baylor, they just sort of like, hey, let's let's see how many guys we can play. And like these guys are no threat. Let's get out of here. Uh, Kansas is going to be a threat into, into the fourth quarter. You, you can't really let your your foot off the pedal. Let's see if Texas can close out a game on Kansas and, and get it done just like they did in Tuscaloosa against Alabama. Jerry Hamilton's been preaching all week on coffee and football, Paul, uh, that Texas needs to play a good game at home finally. They've had kind of two somewhat lethargic uh, appearances thus far. It's time for them to, to maybe get the crowd behind them and, and use that as some uh, um, energy. I think that could be a potential difference in this game, although the game's at a, it's a 2.30 kick, and it's going to be hot. I mean, so it's, it's hard to get the, 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 the crowd going when it's hot like that. Yeah, well, crowd needs to get going. And, yeah. and honestly, <laughs> the, the team can help them with that, right? They need right. to get going. Let's not have a, a motion penalty on the first play from scrimmage. Let's have A.D. Mitchell get his hat on somebody on the screen that they throw and not start – second and 15, as they did in Waco. Uh, they can do some things to get that crowd rolling. You know, it is, Bob. I don't think Jerry is right, Bobby, and it is interesting that Texas has played with less focus and sloppier at home than they have on the road. And I remember you and I were conjecturing about that a few weeks ago. And I said, you know, maybe we're just a better team on the road because we focus better. It's us against the world. And, you know, I'd like to see us be a team that focuses wherever they play, right? Not worried about what your girlfriends and parents are thinking in the stands and who's going to get the free tickets this weekend. There's just, there are, there, there are a lot of, uh, uh, you can get sidetracked as a home team sometimes. And I think maybe that happens, but you also have the extra walk in before the game and you're not just solely focused on the game and, and all this other stuff. So uh, that being said, uh, ultimately, uh, Paul, what is the one overriding factor why you think Texas uh, is going to win this game? Texas is better on both lines of scrimmage, uh, particularly the interior defensive line. And Texas can come at you in waves. You mentioned the heat. I think this game will be played at some intensity. Texas will actually try to slow it down a little bit. Uh, tech, Kansas does play pace, but they sort of play ball control pace. They're trying to keep possession of the ball, which is a big change from their approach last year. I think it's benefited them. Uh, they're 11th in the country in time of possession. Texas is 103rd, Bobby. 
Now, that doesn't mean that we don't throw a 70-yard touchdown if it's there. I mean, people get a little carried away with the time of possession stuff. Uh, if you could hit a 70-yarder, one play, eight seconds, that's your offensive possession. We'll take it. But, uh, you know, we have to be cognizant of that. However, if the game does get extended a little bit and it's competitive, Texas is going to be able to come at Kansas in waves. And Kansas does not have that benefit. So I think ultimately that is a big advantage for for Texas. And I think playing at home is an advantage if if they rise to the occasion, the crowd rises to the occasion, which I think they should. Yeah, you mentioned the the, the line of scrimmage potentially being the, the biggest difference uh, and where Texas needs to make the biggest difference. That's exactly what Steve Sarkeesian said on his uh, Zoom conference call with media on Thursday as well. Got to be physical at the line of scrimmage in this game. Uh, that, that could just mean so much in both the Texas run game and the Texas run defense. All right, uh, Paul, let, let's look at the other games nationally and particularly in the Big 12. That's what we do uh, every Saturday morning on this Saturday conversation. Before we do that, please tell folks uh, about our advertiser and our friend, Gabe Winslow. Well, Bobby and I try to bring it for you all every Saturday. Uh, Gabe will bring it for you every day of the week. So pick up your phone, enjoy your slate of games, or if you're waiting for the game, and you've been looking at getting in the in the, uh, in the the market in terms of getting a mortgage, pick up the phone and call this guy. His name's Gabe Winslow. He's a huge diehard Longhorn fan. He's also really damn good at what he does. Over 20 years in the industry, you can reach him at 832-557-1095 or go to mortgagesbygabe.com. Tell him Paul and Bobby sent you and uh, he'll make sure to take care of you. All right. Appreciate that, uh, Paul. And we appreciate uh, Gabe. Uh, all right. Here, here we go. Let's start with the 11 o'clock games, the two that we're really watching. They are not Big 12 games. Texas actually has the first Big 12 game of the day uh, starting at 2.30. Uh, USC, Colorado, a lot of eyeballs going to be on that one. Uh, and then Florida, Kentucky uh, is an interesting one in the SEC. Uh, let's start with USC, Colorado. I think casual college football fans and the people that Dion has brought into college football who didn't really understand it, but were fired up about Dion and the celebrity, they got a, a rude introduction to the reality of Colorado, which is this is a team fighting to go to a bowl. That's what they are. And that's what they've always been. They just started 3-0 and because they played a mediocre team and, and frankly, two bad teams uh, to start the year and, and beat them. And Beat expectation, more power to him. And Dion's done a nice job in, in that larger context. However, we talked about the lines of scrimmage, Bobby. Football's not a one-off game where you got one guy split out wide and a quarterback and you just crush people. It's not seven on seven. It's not fantasy football. If you get dominated on the lines of scrimmage, you get dominated in the football game. And that's what Oregon did to Colorado. And that's what USC is going to do to Colorado. Uh, it's going to be in Boulder. So I think that it'll be more competitive. What, what's the line on that game right now? And and it's a, it's over twenty one. It's twenty two. It's it keeps going between twenty one and a half and started at like twenty five, which was probably a little much, given USC's defensive lack of effort at times. Uh, but I think the book is out on Colorado, Bobby. Um, coaching is is largely a copycat profession, and we now see. And bit, frankly, it was the Colorado State Rams that showed everybody. You can rush and get pressure on Shador Sanders with four. And you can keep two safeties back, and you can make them dump it off. And what Shador is going to do, because he's a competitor, he's going to hold on to that ball way too long and try to wait for someone to break open. And that's leading to a lot of sacks, a lot of negative plays. And Colorado is just playing wrong-footed. 
Uh, and then on defense, Colorado just doesn't have the dudes, Bobby. They got two or three players who can play on their D. Uh, they don't have a defensive player who would start for Texas. Got it. Uh, maybe one guy. Uh, and that's that's not going to get it done. I think USC, look, I understand that everyone expects this to be a little, a little bit of Heisman commercial. I think USC is going to run the hell out of the ball on them. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. Florida, Kentucky is the one in the SEC that I find interesting. I know other people are talking about, uh, I don't know, Ole Miss and LSU and some other games. And we, we'll talk uh, even A&M in Arkansas. That's an early game uh, today as well. But uh, Florida, Kentucky. Um, and uh, Florida right now, three and one, going on the road to Kentucky. Kentucky is four and oh. Um, no, they haven't played anybody that's any great shakes or anything like that. But Florida went on the road last time they, they did that. They went and laid an egg in Utah. So they're not really a great road team at this point. They may not be a very good team at all away from home. What What are your thoughts on Florida, Kentucky? I'm, I'm kind of thinking that the, the Wildcats will win this one outright. I think Florida's lost eight of their last nine on the road. Uh, that's that's not good. Uh, and look, Kentucky hasn't played anyone. Uh, Devin Leary has not quite been the quarterback that they might have hoped, uh, but he's been okay. I, you know, if you like this game, I think you like rock fights, Bobby. When you're a kid, you must have loved to go and throw rocks at each other because that's what this game's going to be. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think right. it's going to be it's going to be kind of an old fashioned football. Turnovers are going to determine it. Field position. You're going to have coaches punting on the 40-yard line on fourth and four. It's, it's going to be that kind of game. And I, I don't know what the under is, but it's got to be in the 40s. Uh, so uh, I don't have a strong feel for this. I think the line is somewhere around one, one and a half. So Vegas doesn't have a strong opinion on this either. Uh, I guess I'll take Kentucky and the home team. They've actually won two in a row against Florida when for the longest time Florida – scheduled you know penciled Kentucky in as an auto win on their schedule uh Kentucky's beaten them two in a row trying to go for three so I guess I'll go with the Cats but I have mild to moderate confidence on that one um Aggies uh and Arkansas squaring off at Jerry World uh that's at 11 as well uh A&M loses Connor Wegman for the year their starting quarterback Max Johnson the former starter at LSU was their backup he came in and played uh, a couple of different games this year uh, and has looked okay. No, nothing, no great shakes. Arkansas uh, coming off a tough loss against LSU. They also lost to BYU at home the week before. That you know their focal point is KJ Jefferson, the quarterback. Um, I, I just don't know what Arkansas can do to, to stay with A and M unless Jimbo just kind of you know <laughs> unless he just Jimbo's. A little bit, right? And, and try to play it into the fourth quarter and play it tight and all this other stuff for unnecessarily. So AM just has so much more talent than Arkansas right now. They do. And look, that BYU home loss, that's that's, that's a bad loss, Bobby. That's you can't let that happen. And and BYU's not super talented. All they did was just go out and play hard. And you know, I I understand Arkansas did rally and, and showed well against LSU in Baton Rouge. And that's that's not nothing. But in, until I can see a healthy Rocket Sanders, they don't have another option to take the pressure off K.J. Jefferson. Rocket Sanders is legit. That guy's every bit of 240 pounds, and he's got wheels. So uh, he's been out. He might play in this game. And uh, I think that'll be interesting. I think that could give Arkansas a little bit of help. 
But, I mean, A&M's much more talented football team. They, they should not lose this game. In fact, they should win this game comfortably. Max Johnson just needs to come in and kind of be like his dad, Brad. Be a good game manager. I, I was going to say bus driver. Just be a good bus driver. I mean, Bus driver Brad. That's what needs to happen. <laughs> A&M's got good skill talent, man. Yeah. They do. And they're just a – they're just a weird team and they're they're kind of poorly coached. And so you just don't really know what you're going to get week to week with those guys. Uh, I think if AM wants to show up and play, they're going to play. Uh, the one thing that is interesting is AM has shown that they can stop the run when they want to. They don't always get pressure and cover, but I don't think Arkansas is going to kill you through the air. So that, I think AM should not only have the more talent, but I think they probably have the better matchups, don't they? Yes. I mean, they do. I mean, I, I, I would say this about the Aggies. Their their defensive stats are starting to look better, but when they go play a real offense, they look really bad. Yeah, It's almost like they're, they're feast or famine in that way. All right, uh, next one. Uh, I, we've already talked about Kansas and uh, Texas at 2.30. Uh, the other big 2.30 matchup in the Big 12 is Houston going out to Lubbock. Um, I tell you what, Houston's 2-2, two and two, not looking very good. Uh, Texas Tech one and three, not looking very good, and on to their backup quarterback who's injured. So, what I mean, geez, Joey McGuire, after a strong start last year, program looks to be fading a little bit this year. Dana Holgerson is just trying to hold serve and keep his job, and I don't think he's going to be successful. Yeah, he's not. Well, Houston's not good. Houston, did you know Texas Tech was not even on the schedule? But Houston had to go there because if you want to win the Big 12 title, you got to go through Lubbock. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and so Houston actually is just going to bus up there. And this is like a pickup game. It's not even on the schedule. They have to, You have to go and play there if you want to win the Big 12. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this is going to be an ugly game. And uh, Baron Morton, uh, to Bobby's point, Tyler Shuck obviously broke his fibula. He's gone for the, for the season. Tough break for him. Uh, Tech was really getting by running him a lot as a, like a, a cheat code to their offense because their offense isn't clicking in any way. He was running at 20, 25 times a game. It was crazy. Uh, now that option is is lost uh, with him being injured. Baron Morton replaces him. He took a huge shot against West Virginia. It's He's probably going to go through some measures to be able to play, let's say. And uh, we'll see if he can stick in the game. If he can't, uh, Tech's between a rock and a hard place, and it doesn't matter how bad Houston is. You know, Tech isn't exactly great shakes either. If you're absolutely inept on offense, as Tech has been in some key games, uh, boy, I, I don't know how there's a path forward to win if, if Houston just can throw the ball to Matthew Golden a few times. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I, I thought Tech would be better on offense, and I thought they'd be better on defense. And I think they're mediocre on offense, and and just decent on defense right now. They're not good. They're just de decent. All right. Um, next game, Baylor and UCF also at 2.30. That's the other uh, Big 12 game at 2.30. Uh, your thoughts on that one. Baylor just uh, – I, I talked to somebody uh, uh, on uh, Friday uh, – or Thursday, excuse me, and they, they really were just beside themselves with how Baylor has progressed as a team. Uh, looked looked horrible in game one against Texas State. Looked better against Utah in week two. Looked uninterested against Long Island. 
And frankly, they looked uninterested against Texas. Um, something's going on in Waco. What, what, what are your thoughts about this one? Yeah, I mean, sometimes they say teams take on the personality of their coach. And maybe it's true. I, I just I don't know. I don't get it. Um, you know, there are people that said that Joey McGuire was the guy that provided the fire there in Waco when, when Aranda was having success. I don't know what the deal is, but uh, this is a kind of a character game for Baylor. This is their first road game, their fifth game of the year. They've had four games in Waco, Bobby, and they're, they're not doing well. They're one and three. Uh, this is a, a huge test for them. Now, they are going to get UCF's backup quarterback, but he's not bad. And uh, I think UCF... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. If you're not wanting to play, that's not a good environment to go into against Gus Malzahn. And they're going to run the ball on Baylor and they're going to throw deep on play action. And if Baylor is not ready for that, if they haven't shored up some things that Texas showed against them, uh, UCF's going to pick on it. Now, UCF's defense got revealed a little bit against Kansas State. Kansas State ran the ball at will against them. I don't know if Baylor can replicate that. If they can, they got a shot and they can keep this thing close. If they can't, UCF will win comfortably. Got it. All right. Um, let's let's keep going on the on the on the Big 12 games and then come back to the two other games we want to talk about that are out of conference. Uh, Iowa State goes to Oklahoma. Six o'clock kick. Um, you know, Oklahoma looks good this year. Not great, but good. They keep winning and they should beat the Cyclones this weekend. Yeah, well, I'll say this. They've blown – Oklahoma, when they blow out a team, they blow out a team. They uh, they pour it on, right? And they've also played really bad teams. The other two bad teams they paid were, played were really bad, right? People will try to, you know, make a, a – say, well, Arkansas State, you played Rice. Rice would whip Arkansas State. So, you know, there's, there's gradations of awful, and OU's played a couple of awful teams. They've played – two average or even below average teams. And both of those games were more competitive than you would think, particularly OU's offense struggling. Cincinnati. They can't run the ball in, on the inside right now. They can't run the ball on the inside. They've got a weak interior offensive line and they don't have good timing in their running game. There's something off and they they don't have like very scary guys outside. They're not terrifying. Um, so I think that's interesting. That leads me to wonder if Iowa State can drag this thing down into the mud with their defense. Because Iowa State does have a good history of playing OU pretty well, pretty tightly. They play them comparably to how they sort of played played us. They, it's a big game. They really get up for it. 
And, you know, I think people are trying to make, oh, they maybe have found something a quarterback with, with Becht against Oklahoma State. He threw for over 300 yards. And I think Oklahoma State might have quit. I don't know what's going on in that program. But they're in the tank, man. Yeah. And so I think Iowa State's goal, they can't run the ball. So I think Iowa State's goal is let's keep this thing close. Let's play it safe. And let's take a couple of shots and see if we can keep this thing close and, and try to steal it if OU starts to press a little bit. Because ISU does legitimately have a solid defense. And, and you know, at some level, Oklahoma may be, unlike Texas, who has a team that's 4-0 coming to town in Kansas today. Yeah. Uh, te- Iowa State's not supposed to be any good. Oklahoma could be peeking ahead right now. Uh, I next it, if I was an OU player, I'd be peeking ahead. Right, I mean, that's what I'm saying. And so that could make that thing interesting. Uh, Paul, speaking with Paul Wadlington of Inside Texas, uh, this is On Texas Football's Saturday conversation. Each and every Saturday, Paul and I sit down and talk a little football across the country as well as Texas, uh, University of Texas. Uh, Paul, the last game we want to talk about in the Big 12, West Virginia goes to TCU. West Virginia, a sneaky 3-1 and one right now with wins over Pitt and uh, – Texas Tech among them. Not that Neil Brown's coaching for his job. And unlike Dana Holgerson, he's doing, and Dave Aranda, he's doing a good job right now. His team is playing like the head coach is coaching for their job. Completely. That's exactly what I mean. Dana Holgerson's team is playing like their coach is playing, coaching for his job in the other side. Uh, like, yeah, we don't mind if we get a new coach. So, uh, yeah, I'll say this about West Virginia and Neil Brown. They haven't had the success they've wanted under Neil Brown. Those teams don't quit. I mean, last year they went five and seven, Bobby. They won two of their last three. They beat OU in one of those games. Uh, that's just how they roll. And, frankly, they played Penn State quite competitively. At no point did you think Penn State's going to lose the game. But West Virginia didn't lay down. So, uh, I think this is interesting. Here's the problem. West Virginia's defense is susceptible to being spread out. And no one's really spread them out yet. And I got to say, I watched Chandler Morris uh, against SMU in the skillet game or whatever that's called. Uh, he's improved. He, he really has improved. He's, he's calmed down. He's making the throws he needs to make. And he's still very mobile. And, and can throw on the move, which has always been sort of the thing that makes him a, a very interesting quarterback. TCU is also going to run him a little less now. Kendall Bryles is, you know, his default answer to anything is run the quarterback. And he needs to understand that his quarterback weighs 190, you know, 195 pounds. And I think he's starting to get that. So I think styles make fights. I like TCU to win this game fairly comfortably, even as much pluck and, and energy and, as, as West Virginia has shown. It'd be interesting, and I'll tell you why. I like West Virginia's run game with C.J. Donaldson. Yeah, he's a load. I, I, I like – I think he's a load. And if they get in a, in a if they get in a fist fight or a bar fight, I might take West Virginia in that one as a, a little bit of an upset. Might, but only if they get in a fist fight. Not, not if you're – like <laughs> you're saying it. Not if they go play on the basketball court. Not going to do that. All right, um – uh, before we get to the next two games, so LSU, Ole Miss, and Notre Dame Duke, uh, please tell folks again about our, our sponsor, uh, and that's Gabe Winslow. Yeah, I'll keep this short and simple because you'll find out in a short and simple manner. Pick up the phone. Call this guy at 832-557-1095. 
lay out your situation and you'll realize very quickly why he's not your average mortgage guy. And he's very different from the rest in terms of his ability to think at a high level, solve problems and basically get stuff done. Give him a call. Find out why we recommend him. All right, uh, Paul, uh, LSU Ole Miss is at five o'clock. So that's going to be that's going to be starting right when Texas is probably going into the fourth quarter, late third. Uh, LSU coming off a win, uh, a squeaker against Arkansas. LSU hasn't really looked connected this year. Ole Miss looked disconnected last week. That may have been because Alabama disconnected them. Um, what, what's your thought about this game? I think Ole Miss is finally starting to get healthy at wide receiver. Uh, Zachary Franklin, the record-holding receiver from UTSA, is got this is going to be his second game back, and he's not on a limited snap count. That's going to help them. I think they have another couple of receivers. Their tight end that they got uh, that they got in the transfer portal was pretty acclaimed. He's going to be back for a second game. He's not on a snap limit. I think that's going to help them out uh, against, frankly, a very vulnerable. LSU secondary. That that's the worst LSU secondary I've ever seen at LSU. That said, I think this LSU offense is going to score. I think they're going to score early and often against Ole Miss, and I think they're going to have a, a, an ability to put a lot of pressure on that Ole Miss offense to keep pace. I expect actually a really interesting, fun, probably high-scoring football game. I, I don't see line on that one. This ain't going to be a fist, fist fight, Bobby. It's going to what, be. A, what's the line on that one? I think it's LSU minus two and a half. Oh, wow. I thought it'd be wider than that. Uh, but it is at Ole Miss. Uh, Notre Dame Duke is the last one. That's kind of the 630 ABC game. Uh, you know, who would have thought it? Uh, Duke beats Clemson in the opener, has a pretty good quarterback. Um, Notre Dame loses on a last second play with 10 guys on the field. Uh, they travel to Durham, North Carolina. Uh, to go play uh, the Blue Devils. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, you know, with Sam Hartman, just not the offensive juggernaut some people had hoped they would be. Uh, maybe that's – and that, that's they're playing against Mike Elko, who is a really good defensive coordinator and a defensive head coach now for Duke. This could be tough. This could be a, a troubling game for, for Notre Dame, even though they do have a, a supreme talent advantage. If, if they play with 10 men, Bobby, that talent <laughs> advantage is immaterial. And I'm going to predict Duke wins. <laughs> you go out on a limb. Because if you play with 10 men, you're just at an inherent disadvantage. I, this is just basic football. This is not for you, Bobby. I know you know this. And I know most of you watching this know this. But if you play with 10 against 11 in key situations, like near the goal line, you're going to lose. Uh, look, I, I watched that Notre Dame-Ohio State game. Notre Dame controlled and was frankly the better team on that day. And they they coached scared. And they made some critical errors. I mean, why do you have Sam Hartman on your team if you're not going to throw the ball on third and 10 with two minutes left in the game to try to convert it and, and seal out the game, win the game? Uh, they coached scared. And they, they did it repeatedly. Uh, they, they ran the ball pretty successfully with Estime. And they didn't play action off of it. 10% of their pass attempts, Bobby, were play action. With Sam Hart. Like, it's a bad, baffling game plan. I don't trust Notre Dame and their coaches. That said, the thing that people might have missed from the Duke-Clemson game is that Clemson ran the ball on Duke quite effectively. Very effectively. Clemson got a little away from it, and they kept shooting themselves in their foot. 
Three times they got inside the Duke 10-yard line and got zero points out of those three possessions. And it was all running the ball. Uh, I think that Notre Dame can push Duke around because Elko, you know, he plays a sort of a bend, a, 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 a very tactical bend but don't break. It's not soft, but there's a, there's a reason behind his bend but don't break, right? He also understands his personnel. If, if Notre Dame will go out there and take what they can take I think they can win this game and cover, right? Even though it's at Duke, and I know this is the biggest game and arguably the history of Duke football. But uh, And ultimately, Notre Dame's defense is pretty good, man. Their corners are good. They impress me. Uh, that one kid, I forgot his name, the sophomore, he shut down Marvin Harrison Jr. And I understand Notre Dame's larger scheme helped, but Duke's going to have trouble getting open. And Riley Leonard, I love him as a dual threat quarterback. He's very athletic. Uh, if you guys have a moment, go uh, YouTube some of his high school basketball film. Uh, he's doing reverse 360 dunks in games, Bobby, as a quarterback. Uh, very impressive athlete. That said, I don't think he can just like put the entire offense on his shoulders for four quarters against Notre Dame and, and come out the winner. Uh, I wouldn't bet on this game. I would expect Notre Dame to pull it out, but I don't trust their coaching staff. I, I don't think Notre Dame is fundamentally well coached. I think at key moments, they're always going to sort of choke. And, and that's how you lose to a Marshall last year. And that's how you have the, the Ohio State debacle that they had last week, where frankly, I thought Notre Dame outplayed them on the field. Got it. Um, Paul, last question for you, and this is totally separate. Uh, I know your you're want sometimes to uh, – uh, maybe partake in that Vegas stuff that you do. Um, is there a big game that you you think is just a, a I don't want to call it a lead pipe cinch, but is there a game or two that you just think, man, this one seems like a gift? What, what, anything like that for you this week? Well, if you are readers on Inside Texas, and you should be if you're not, uh, my big lead pipe cinch last week was Oregon, Colorado. I, I told readers not only to bet Oregon money line or with minus the points, I told him to bet the first quarter, to bet the first half, and have a ladder like minus 11 and a half, minus 12 and a half, minus 13 and a half, minus 16 and a half, all at higher payouts. I think I recommended like four different bets on that game because one of the things you learn about Native American culture is that when you kill a buffalo, you have to use every part of it, Bobby. <laughs> so this week, do I have a lead pipe cinch? No, I don't, but USC is going to uh, – they're going to beat Colorado. And I would avoid playing overs and unders on this because is, is USC going to beat them 56 to 24? Or are they going to beat them 49 to 10? Both are equally likely. And I think people are envisioning this as this 78-point shootout between the two teams. That's not necessarily going to happen. I understand USC's got problems on D. Colorado's offense has been solved. Until they can show that they can run the ball against the light box, uh, they're going to continue to struggle a little bit. So ultimately, I like USC. I think Colorado, the reality tour, is going to continue for a little while longer until they can get you know lined up against Stanford and uh, you know against Arizona State, where they'll have a chance at getting a win again. Got it. I want to say this uh, before we get going here. I need to say. Uh, thank you to our uh, folks at Inside Texas, of which uh, Paul and myself are uh, members of that staff. Uh, we also uh, have guys like Eric Naline, the publisher, Jerry Hamilton, 
Joe Cook is the beat reporter. Justin Wells covers the team and recruiting. Ian Boyd is on the X's and O's. Uh, we've got a group there that is uh, second to none, in my opinion. And right now we have a special offer, two months for just $1. That's two months for $1. Use the promo code OTFIT23. That's OTFIT23. Make sure you select the monthly offer. Paul, I also want you to tell folks how they can hear your podcast uh, that you have going. Yeah, other than the fine work that we all do at Inside Texas, you can find me there. You can also hear me. If you enjoy hearing me or you just like torturing yourself, go to the Everyone Gets a Trophy podcast. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. I do two a week and uh, we break down stuff. We talk trash. Uh, we have a good time and we don't take it too seriously, but we have a lot of fun. So all right. uh, Paul, if you're enjoying Paul, this you're, Bobby, you'll enjoy the pod. You're, you're, you're fun, Paul. All right, buddy. Um, we'll see you at uh, 2.30 kickoff. Uh, Longhorns, Jerry Hamblin and I will likely be back uh, this morning around 10 o'clock. Uh, in uh, we got the, the game coming up. Uh, going to try to get everything uh, settled and going. Uh, for Paul Wadlington, I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, this has been On Texas Football.